whistleblower report exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is Dr. Lee for America. I am here with two of our military service members, and this is the Faith Report. How do we make sense of why bad things happen to good people. Why are good service members with exemplary careers being forced out of the military for standing up for their oath to the U.S. Constitution and defending constitutional rights, as well as their religious rights? How do you make sense of that? How do you deal with it? And how how do we deal with the adversity of suddenly having the rug pulled out from under you, losing your career at 19 years and roughly six or eight months with only a few months left to full retirement and pension benefits and medical benefits and all the rest, how do you make sense of losing your career that you love, your livelihood, and how do you make sense of why, Lord, why do things like this happen? I've, I've done the right thing. I've stood for the, the right to worship freely, which is what our country was built on. And through good times and bad times, how do we find our way to keep our faith, to help it strengthen? And how do you find forgiveness in your heart for those who have hurt you egregiously, those who betrayed you, those who were people you looked up to and trusted, who suddenly have stabbed you in the back? It's an awful feeling. In a smaller way, I went through that earlier in my career when standing for the right thing and standing for doing the right thing for patients at that time cost me a position because somebody didn't like the fact that I wouldn't bend and I wouldn't back off of what was the right thing to do, the honorable, ethical, and medically correct thing to do. So I have some understanding for what that what that's like, but not at the point in my life of losing everything I'd spent 19 and a half years working for and losing it 
catastrophically and quickly, I still had the flexibility to continue to take another role and earn a living. But what's happened to our military service members? They have been forced out, some with less than honorable discharge or general discharges that makes it even difficult to get a job in the civilian world. And this has been a catastrophically difficult time and a real test of faith. So today we have with us U.S. Coast Guard Master Chief Heather Correll and U.S. Army Captain and Chaplain Chad Booth, who as a chaplain has to counsel people in the situation that Master Chief Correll found herself. And then what are some of the blessings in disguise when we face adversity and we choose to stand for what is right? Master Chief, thank you for joining us and thank you for your service to America for all of those years in the Coast Guard. You really had quite an incredible career and quite an exemplary record in the, in the Coast Guard. So tell us your story about what happened and what happened now and how you have been handling the losses and the changes and the new developments. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm very excited to share my story and I hope that um, it inspires some others, um, some of my veteran brothers and sisters, some of my shipmates and um, airmen, soldiers across other branches. So um, I'll tell you my story. This is my story um, and uh, it's goes through a lot of bumps in the road, but I think we all have had those. Um, I put in my religious accommodation for the vaccine mandate um, in 2021 and uh, through some time, of course, it moves very slowly. It was denied. Um, I appealed it. That got denied. Um, and my position at the time was um, reserve command senior chief. And um, and you're in a leadership position like that. You are advising the command on all things enlisted. Um, so what I, I I was standing in the middle of needing to advise people to take this vaccine, but it went against my my own beliefs. Um, so I advised the command on this was a violation of my beliefs and that I had planned on putting a religious accommodation. And my command was was actually very good. Um, they they stuck with me till the bitter end. Um, but I really truly truly believe that God was watching over me this whole time because although I had 19 years in at the time, I had some amazing people that surrounded me. I had a lieutenant and a commander that really pushed me because I'm a reservist to get that final good year. 
Um, and what that means for anybody that's not a reservist is it's all based on points and you have to get a certain amount of a, a certain amount of points to have a good qualifying year for retirement. And because I was at 19 years, I only needed certain amount of points to make that final year. And so the lieutenant was like, senior chief, I really want you to get, you know, get your points in so that we can get you a good year. I'm really worried you might get kicked out. So I took advantage of it and I got my my active duty training done in time, like really early in the year. And then I did as many, you know, drilling points as I could. And, um, and I'm, I actually was able to, to finish out and do that year before they actually moved me. Um, they relieved me of command and then they moved me into, uh, what is called ISL, which is inactive status. So, um, <laughs> a funny story about three months later, while I'm sitting in the ISL, which I called purgatory because you're not collecting any money, you're not, you don't have any benefits, you're literally sitting there until the end of your enlistment, um, which for me was like 2024. So uh, oh, I, I, December comes, I get a letter in the mail from the Coast Guard. Congratulations, Senior Chief, you have successfully completed 20 years. So I feel like I was somewhat of a lucky one, but also I believe that God was at work. Um, and so while I sat in the ISL, um, I knew that I wanted to come back if given the opportunity. Even though I hit my 20 years, I knew I wanted to come back. Um, I didn't feel like I was done with my service. I really wanted to make Master Chief. That was actually denied. I was supposed to make Master Chief. I was supposed to make Master Chief in um, uh, July of 22. And uh, basically, um, they they denied me, um, and that's so I sat in the ISL with as a senior chief. Um, so that is kind of my story up until, and then when the NDAA um, was passed through Congress and they changed the mandate, I got a phone call from the Coast Guard, and they basically asked me to come back, and I said yes, I want to come back. And so through some hoops, jumping through a lot of hoops, trying to get my paperwork and medical and dental and all the things, you know, that had passed by during that whole almost a year of sitting in the ISL, I even had to reenlist. So um, so during that time, uh, it, it took it took a while. And then uh, I wanted to go back to the same billet that I had. I wanted, you know, to. Um, to be, you know, retroactively advanced. They agreed to that. So I got my master chief anyway. Um, I got two master chief anyway. And, but Heather, <laughs> let me stop you for a minute. Cause I remember sure. an important detail to this story sure. that um, you kind of glossed over. You were sharing it with us on the military advisory council for the truth for health foundation, because you've been very active with us on that. And, and you said, well, they want me to come back, but I have some conditions. That's true. <laughs> and you no, I want our listeners to understand that you used effectively the leverage you had by the fact that they they really realized they'd made a mistake in letting somebody this good and this qualified be pushed out. And they wanted you pretty badly. So you, you, you did the right thing. You stood firm and said, yes, I do want to continue my service, but 
but I have some conditions. That is true. And they actually did put out a message stating that they would give everybody their um, advancements that were denied from them. So I just used their policies to escalate that. <laughs> well, but but you did stand firm on that, which Absolutely. I think is Im- an important point for our, our listeners and others who may, they may realize that they've purged too many people from the military and too many good people, and others may have that opportunity, but they need to look at standing firm to make it right for what should have happened. Correct. And um, uh, I will say that a lot of the branches of service, actually all of them that I'm I'm aware are having recruiting and retention issues. So I think that was also uh, another push to get me to come back. Yes, I'm sure it was. I'm quite sure it was. I mean, the the recruiting goals are falling catastrophically short. They are having a very difficult time across all branches in retaining people because they have treated good people so badly and persecuted and harassed and engaged in shadow policies and lies and deception. No, this is not what our U.S. military is known for and the behavior of senior leadership that I've observed across all branches with many people in the military who've been getting uh, part of our programs and applying for legal defense grants with us, it's absolutely egregious and disgusting, despicable behavior in violation of every code of ethic that I've seen in our military over my lifetime and in violation of many regulations under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So they have a lot to atone for. Chaplain Booth, you've seen it in people that you're counseling. I most definitely have all the time. Uh, And I'm still in contact with several of the soldiers that uh, were kicked out that decided, hey, I'm, I'm done with this. Whether they were kicked out or they voluntarily said, yep, I'm dropping my packet, I'm retiring. Uh, a lot of these soldiers, they wanted to stay in. They had very promising careers. Like they could have served easy five, ten more years. And they said, well, I'm not going to be experimented on. Well, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be part of a toxic leadership. Uh, and I just want to say all these uh, views and opinions, they're mine. And they're mine. They don't, ref- re- they don't uh, reflect uh, what the DOD says. These are my personal views. Uh, but when I speak to these soldiers, like it's, always the same story i i wanted to stay in but i'm not going to do this because it violates my belief uh and then when i hear stories like heather uh your story it's so encouraging because i thought i was the only one out there so many of my friends have been kicked out i mean i, I think about friends like uh, uh mark bashaw and friends like sam sigaloff and friends uh like uh other commanders out there and, and they've been through so much. And they've been through like literal just hell, like going through having their family held hostage, not knowing what is, uh, is happening to their future, uh, going extremely into debt, hundreds of thousands or thou- tens of thousands of dollars into debt for, uh, for proposed legal fees. So all of these things and none of them has touched me. And I felt so bad about that. So hearing stories like yours, Heather, it brings me up because it's not, it's not so much 
that I wanted to have it bad because I didn't. But I felt bad because all of my friends were suffering more than what I was suffering. And it was it, it took the Lord to really just grab my attention and say, listen, I want you to give me glory wherever you are. Like, Chad, you're still in the army. You're still uh, uh, you're, you're not worried about your finances because you're still I've provided for you. You're still in. You're still an influence. And I want it that way. Are you going to give me glory? And I said, OK, I will. I will give you glory, Jesus. And in the same way, I, I look at uh, Mark Bashaw still giving glory. I look at Sam Sigal still giving glory where it's appropriate, even though they've been through the ringer. And, and I love that because it can it it unifies us that shared suffering. They've suffered more. I've suffered less. And yet through it all, we bring that glory to God, regardless of where we're at. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely does. Thank you. Yeah, Heather, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, bringing glory to God is, uh, is partly, you know, he got me through some trying times, let me tell you some prayers. Um, I, I honestly am, I, I feel very fortunate, you know, I'm a reservist, so I have a full-time civilian job. So I wasn't struggling financially, like some of my shipmates were that were getting, you know, pushed out. So I felt like um, I had an, a unique perspective. Um, and I, I knew that all of the stories I was hearing from my shipmates, I had to go back and tell them. I had to. I think that is so important. And share with us some of the adversity, some of the really struggle, the times of struggle, because I think that helps, you know, it helps others when we are more open about that and don't just gloss over it. Yeah, uh, I'll start with the fact that I've been engaged since before COVID. Um, I uh, honestly, my my husband now, <laughs> we got married just re recently. He, uh, you know, he was in a, a pretty deep financial um, low in his life and I was holding the torch. Um, and as soon as the Coast Guard funds dried up as my kind of second job, um, we were really reliant on just my, my first job. Uh, my main job. So um, that that was a, a, a big struggle. I, I held a lot on my shoulders financially, but that's what you do as a couple. And, um, you know, prayed, <laughs> prayed and prayed and asked, you know, you have a plan. What's the plan? There's there's something good here that I've got to be able to look to. And um, through through some of those prayers, we decided together as a couple to start to get healthy. What can we do? We can change our diets. We can start to work out together. So it actually brought us closer together. And um, we just decided, you know, why are we sitting here trying to plan? A, let's just go get married for the, you know, the paperwork part. Just we're together. We love each other. So anyway, we went and got married um, at the courthouse um, just a few weeks ago. So, so that's, that's, uh, one area that, that really brought us together, even through this really hard time of us, you know, not knowing if I'm ever going to get retirement, 
am I, am I going to, you know, get a good year? That was, it was a struggle. I'm sure it was. And you made a healthy decision, both healthy psychologically, spiritually, and physically to focus on your health because so many of us going through COVID got a little off track on the things that we were doing to exercise and eat right. And it was a very stressful time. So it's not surprising that maybe getting off track was part of what was going on in that time. What are some other of the adversities that you went through and how did you handle it? So I'll, I'll kind of fast forward a little bit because, um, I still talked to a lot of my shipmates that um, really felt like I was, I had done the right thing and that maybe, you know, the way that it was handled was incorrect. Um, but I think keeping that networking open has opened the door for me in another way. And what I mean is that because I'm going back, you know, because I was going back from, you know, an inactive status to a, to an active status, my name was passed up to somebody at our headquarters and um, they were looking for a master chief to come on orders for a year. And um, <laughs> when I got a phone call from that person, they said, just entertain the idea of going on orders. And I'm like, I'm not even quite, I'm not even back yet, but okay, I'll take the phone call. So I took the phone call and um, basically it was pitched to me without going into too many specifics, um, a, a job that is under the civil rights directorate. And it's basically working with aggrieved Coast Guardsmen in the field with assault or harassment claims. And I felt like this was my calling. This was exactly what I needed to do. Um, this was what, what the plan was for me the whole time, I think, God has this amazing sense of humor, <laughs> um, especially with all the things that I had gone through that I felt I had harassment or retaliation of some kind or even coercion, um, that now I get to go back and be on the other side and advise on policy. That really is incredible. Uh, Chad, your comments on all of that. I love seeing the hand of God because he is such a perfect architect. He's so perfect at, at chess. Uh, we often hear, oh, 5D chess. My God is greater than any chess player ever. And he is so perfect. And he orchestrates things in such a way to always bring him glory. And I love that because Heather, he positioned you just perfectly to go through the stuff that you went through, to bring him glory, to, to tell your heavenly father, I am doing this and I'm going to stand up because it's the right thing to do. And because you went through that, you have the humility, you have the intestinal fortitude to move forward into a great assignment where you can actually affect change. And don't think this is just, oh, well, this is just a coincidence. No, this is the hand of God moving, and this is how he operates. So him moving you into this critical position is going to, guess what? Bring him more glory. 
and it's going to hold people accountable and it's going to be able to help other people who need, who are desperately in need of help and service. And I, I see that in my life too. I see that in my friend's life, uh, the ones that are stand up that didn't violate their beliefs. I look around, I'm like, whoa, this person has been positioned over here or this person's going or, or this going, this person's going into politics. I'm like, Oh my goodness. This is not just people saying, well, I want to do this. I honestly believe that the, our heavenly father and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, there, the whole Trinity, it literally is up there saying, listen, we're going to put Dr. Vleet over here. We're going to put Heather, we're going to put Chad over here. And they do this a, a, a trillion times every day and then guess what they get the glory and we get the opportunity to serve a god that loves us and to live out a life that is honoring to him and it's peaceful to us because even through the hard times you, I, I can ask dr vleet right now dr vleet did you feel at peace uh you uh, you probably weren't happy but did you feel at peace knowing that god is going to use you during these hard times <sighs> Oh, most definitely. It's actually what has helped me get through it because right before COVID hit in January 2020, the pre just literally a year earlier, I had lost my husband. He died. Um, complications of pulmonary fibrosis. He did not die of COVID, of course, but that was a devastating loss because we had been very close. He actually worked with our medical practice for 35 years. We were best friends, best dive buddies, and dove together all over the world. And probably one of the few dive buddies I really trusted, and he felt the same about me. And that was just a massive catastrophic loss in my life. And I was really struggling. How am I going to get through this? How am I going to keep going? And having the medical practice to see patients and help them helped me that year. But when COVID hit, and here's another piece I may not have shared with either of you, but through the years, about five or six years of having to take a crash course, essentially in pulmonary medicine to learn how to really help my husband as his pulmonary condition worsened and oxygen uh, saturation decreased and he needed more use of oxygen concentrators. And I looked into hyperbaric oxygen therapy and there were a whole lot of things that, that I really were not part of my normal medical practice, but learning how to really treat infections in someone who had a lung disease and, and helping with that. Now, he had a pulmonary doctor, but the, as people know, medicine today is rather fragmented and very time-limited visits and almost a formulaic approach. Well, I wanted to find out if there were other things available, so I always tend to research things and look at creative solutions and think outside the box. And do you know... God used every single thing I learned taking care of my husband for the years, five or six years before he died, to then know what to do quickly 
to help people in, in the, <clears throat> once we understood that COVID, because I, you know, I started treating people at home early with a combination therapy, COVID patients in March, April of 2020. And I had read a lot. I dug into it quickly, see what I could find out and learned very quickly from a study that the, that Fauci's journal of virology had published in 2005 showing that chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine were potent antiviral. They blocked the first two steps of a viral infection, entry into the cell and replication. And I'm thinking, wow, I know how to use that. So then I, and I had learned about using nebulized budesonide as a corticosteroid anti-inflammatory in helping my husband's inflammatory lung condition. It was just really amazing. And the oxygen concentrators and knowing how to get access to those quickly for people and antibiotics, all the things that weren't my usual practice that I learned in those five or six years leading up to COVID, I needed every single one of those to help people through COVID. And all of my patients were treated quickly at home. Nobody went to the hospital and nobody died. But we saw what was happening to others when their doctor said, well, I don't treat COVID. You go to the ER and the death rate was staggering because people waited too late. So not only did I have a sense of meaning and purpose to focus on in that after the one year anniversary of his death that helped me personally, but I had all these skills that I saw that God had put me in, in the place of having new skills that were desperately needed for exactly that time. It, it was truly incredible and so amazing. I look back on it and just marvel at the hand of God working in my life to help me be better able to help others. Amen. So you think about the years and years, like well, the years you've been able to help people because God allowed you to go through a horrific tragedy, which caused you before the, before his death caused you to look into something that is, that was going to help you today. And unless you went through that, you would not be where you are today helping people, uh, standing for the truth. So that, that's what I'm pushing here. That's what the, the listener, like the, the listeners need to understand the hard times they've been through when the Bible says God works everything out for the better of those who love him. That is not just a good verse. That is reality. So the hard times that we go through the extremes, the bad, the, 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 uh, the, the somewhat tolerable, all of those are for his glory. So we can move through these hard times with the peace that Jesus brings. So if people are out there and they don't have this peace, you got to accept Jesus Christ into your heart. Like confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead. And guess what? You will be saved and, and get plugged into a church, read your Bible, fast, pray, all the, do all of that. But no, that on day one, that very first second that you give your life to Jesus, he will give you that peace that will help you through anything. 
whether it's the loss of your husband or the loss of a child or the loss of a career or the loss of you, you fill in the blank. God, Jesus is going to help you through those times. Amen. I mean, you are so right. And let's, let's take a break here. And there were other times in my life when I saw that as well, this just happens to be the biggest um, catastrophic event and to see how God brought his plan for good out of my loss and adversity was just incredible. And thank you for all that you just said on all of that, Pastor Booth. Let's take a break. We'll be right back after the break. In the meantime, check out our brand new Truth for Health Foundation store at Truth for Health store.com some incredible nutraceuticals and vitamins that will support your health your immune system your mental sharpness and your energy i personally am taking the true mitochondrial boost and it was amazing in the first week i saw a, a noticeable difference in energy and sharpness of thinking so take a look at all of our professional exclusive formulas, and they are manufactured in a certified good manufacturing practices compliant facility in the United States with top quality ingredients. So check it out. We'll be right back after the break. This message is from the Truth for Health Foundation. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Sigloff, a family medicine physician and a major in the U.S. Army. The following are only my opinions. Service members are being coerced to participate in medical experimentation, with over 7,500 service members being discharged for refusing to participate, many of them losing their retirement and medical benefits. There are allegations that the DOD is committing medical fraud, violating the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and violating constitutional rights of service members. Strong men and women stand ready to defend so that you can sleep peacefully through the night. Now we must stand watch over the military so they can sleep peacefully through the night. Please get involved to help protect the military. This message brought to you by the Truth For Health Foundation. For more information, please visit truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is the Faith Report with our two military service members, U.S. Coast Guard Master Chief Heather Correll and U.S. Army Captain and Chaplain Chad Booth. So Heather, back to you on lessons learned and blessings in disguise. Sure. So uh, I was uh, thinking about some other tidbits that I that I learned along this journey that I can share with the listeners that I really think that they need to to understand the power of forgiveness. And although you may meet, you may be angry. I was very angry. I was frustrated, of course. Um, but as as I've sat back and and looked at my now opportunity to go back i'm i'm almost filled with this like warmth <laughs> throughout my body that is like i am finally at peace i'm going back i'm happy i i feel healthy it's almost 
it's like a rebranding of me because I've obviously I changed my name, but I feel, I don't feel angry. I let, I kind of let it all go. Although I know some people that may have done, done things behind my back or said things behind my back or, or, um, you know, uh, wrote, wrote up some things about me that were negative. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's okay. It's in the past and I'm, I'm going to move forward and it's, I'm going to start fresh basically. I think that is critically important. Chad, your comments. I can't really follow that. That's the aspects of forgiveness. When you forgive people, it's not for them. It's for you. Because if you don't forgive people, guess what? The roots of bitterness, they will rot you away. They will make you bitter. They will make you ineffective. They will make you uh, less than the stellar Christian God has called you to be. So, uh, Heather, I love it. I love that uh, the the encouragement to say, listen, you got to forgive these people because there's some people in my life that I've already forgiven. Oh, my now I may not like them and, and I won't associate with them, but I've forgiven them. It doesn't mean that they have to be my best buds here on out. Like not that that ain't going to happen. That ship has sailed and I'm not even in the Navy. So, but that they, they can go over there and they can love Jesus over there. And I'm going to stay over here and I'm going to love Jesus. And that's okay. Yeah, I would say the power of forgiveness is definitely for me. I'm not going back sour. I'm not because it's just going to, it would actually perpetuate the situation. Ah, look at Master Chief. She's angry still. Want that over my head. I don't want people to think that about me. I'm actually really happy. I'm happy to go back and serve. I'm happy to to be with my shipmates that I haven't seen in over a year. So I'm just I I'm putting it behind me and I'm moving forward. You know, I think that is such a powerful statement. And forgiveness does not mean forgetting what happened. It means remembering and moving on, as you just said. And the forgiveness that we choose to do is healing for us, and it is inspiring to those around us. So your going back happy and positive is going to really encourage others because Look at look at how often we hear people say, well, if that's how Christians behave, I don't want to be one. Exactly. And you become a role model for what people of faith do when they learn to forgive, move ahead. And and yes, there are people that I've forgiven for things that have been very hurtful and they may not be people I choose to spend much time with going forward, but I had to get through that process. Being angry and bitter takes a toll on our health as well as those around us. Exactly. It certainly it. does. Oh my goodness. And, and with my PCS coming up pretty soon, I'm actually uh, being allowed to move now. So I'm going to Columbia, South Carolina, heading down there. And I'm really excited about this. So I'm not going to go down there and I'm not going to be bitter I could, 
I could. Well, the army's finally letting me move. Oh, cry me a river. No, I'm going to honor God. I finally get to move, find a new adventure. After that, find another adventure. I'm quite happy about this. So, Heather, keep that good attitude. Listeners out there, continue. If you don't have a good attitude, then forgive those people. Uh, and then receive that forgiveness and then move forward with no with no shackles binding you down with no uh, link to bitterness because it is just going to weigh you down and how dare me as a follower of Jesus hold on to bitterness when the things that I've been through the things that my friends have been through is nothing compared to what Jesus Christ went through for us like innocent Amen murdered for us it was my fault jesus was murdered because of my sins so it wasn't it yeah i got it these people those people no no it was my sins that murdered jesus so for me to hold on to bitterness is like a slap in the face to our heavenly father a slap in the face to jesus and a slap in the face to the holy spirit too because all three of them are saying listen you need to forgive. Don't forget. Forgive. Move forward and move with our uh, power and blessing into your future. Just like the Lord says, uh, forgive us our transgressions as we as we forgive those who transgress against us and lead us not to temptation. Y'all know the rest. If you don't look it up, it's great. Model your prayer after that. So if you do this and you move and, and you're not bitter you're going to be able to glorify God so much better. And you will be a much better servant, son, daughter, lover of Jesus for the rest of your life than you would have if you held on to this bitterness and unforgiveness. Yeah, and I just want to add really quick, you know, you said uh, about adventures. And I see that my next year is just one giant adventure. And you know, God, again, his sense of humor and his playing of chess, he's the best chess player ever. You know, I literally am getting back all of what I missed out sitting in the ISL, sitting in inactive towards my retirement. I'm going on a whole year of active duty to get more retirement, like triple, triple the amount that I could have gotten in a year. So he is really watching and he really knows what he is doing. And Heather, you, you stood strong in faith through that year that you described as purgatory. And yeah. Chad, you were essentially in limbo, we can call it purgatory, when you and your family were punished for your stand on religious exemptions and being important and not taking the experimental COVID shot that alters God's design of our human body. And you were punished by not being allowed to move to your next duty station. So again, people listening may not know what not allowed to PCS means, but it essentially means holding somebody in a place in limbo. Oh yes. Which, Basically, which is very like, stressful. I, I... Yes, I wasn't allowed to move. Uh, another chaplain came and literally replaced me. So I've been the extra chaplain floating around, still like supporting religious freedom, 
still uh, counseling soldiers, still doing the good work, but literally with no job title. In limbo. And being in limbo is stressful. People don't cope well with uncertainty. And I, I think both of you were dealing with that. And yet you both stood strong you, in faith, trusting the Lord that although you could not see it now, that things would become clear in time and trusting Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, said the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, as I slightly paraphrase it. And then don't forget, plans to give you a hope and a future. Amen. Exactly right. Exactly right. Thank you for finishing the, that scripture. Heather, your comments. I can't believe you just <laughs> you just uh, quoted that because I literally just posted that on my Instagram. <laughs> um, it it is it's truly a plan, and um, even e right now I'm just sitting back, and whatever comes my way, even bad or good, I am like he knows what he's doing. Uh, I've been invited to a couple of key um, events while I am doing some of my active duty time in D.C. And I couldn't be more excited to be placed in the in the location that he's about to place me in. I think that is wonderful news because you've been part of our military advisory council. Both of you have for quite a while. And I've gone through this saga watching all that was happening to you and what was happening to you both and how frustrating it was. And it was just upsetting to me because I have always had such high respect for our all-volunteer military and, and for the fact that overall our military has always had a moral underpinning, rules of engagement, ethics, and rule of law that the majority of militaries around the world simply don't have. And to watch all of that just be thrown out the window has been terribly upsetting to someone who loves America as I do and our constitutional republic as I do and watch our rights being usurped and suppressed and just trampled on and seeing that happen to our military as well. It's been very hard for me to watch all of that. I have no doubt. No doubt at all. And yet, here you are. You're, you've provided a platform for us so that we can tell our stories, not so we can have some kind of pity party, but that we can bring some hope into people's lives so we can reach down and say, listen, reach across, reach up and say, listen, God loves you. God has a plan for you. Continue to trust in that plan because when you were going through that hard time, when I was, when Heather was, like, it's hard to trust God. Like, Lord, what are you doing up there? Like, I'm going to trust in you, but this does not make sense. And then in hindsight, it completely makes sense. So 100%. continue to trust, continue to trust, continue to believe. Don't violate your beliefs and continue to, to move forward and do things that you know are right. 
Boy, that is so true. And that, that definitely has, that has been what has helped sustain me personally through the, the really major loss in my life and, and all the change and the upheaval that came with COVID and the fact that I had to learn even more to let go of the outcome and just say, okay, Lord, it's in your hands. I can't fix it all. I can't save everyone. I can't fix all these problems. I can do what I'm called to do, to be one of the watchmen on the wall, bringing to light the evil that is assaulting us and trusting you to use it. I just think that's, that's such a major lesson that takes us getting older and wiser, I think, to be able to let go. If you're a type A person, being able to let go of controlling the outcome or needing to control the outcome, we don't ever really control it. Oh, yeah, I would say that I'm somewhat of a type A personality. So <laughs> I would agree. Uh, I, I would agree. <laughs> I think all three of us on this program could best be classified as type A, maybe type A plus. Agreed. Agreed. So, Heather, you're headed from the West Coast to the East Coast before long. You have been an inspiration to all of us, and I am just thrilled and I kind of chuckled when you brought it to us in the military advisory council meeting and said, well, you'll never believe how God's working this one out. <laughs> and same with Chad. I mean, you are moving on yourself, Chad, in some new directions. Tell us your next step next year. So I'm heading to South Carolina for my chaplain career course. Really excited about that. And then most likely moving a center of the USA. I don't want to put it out yet because uh, I'm just penciled in. So what that means is uh, the person who moves me says, hey, I'm putting you in for this job. It's not a done deal. So I'm just waiting. All right, Lord, let's see what you have for us. And then once I know, once it's like Semper Gumby, then, uh, then I will put that information out. But know that God is moving me uh, where he wants me to be. And as things change in our country and the world, we all have to be open to the fact that God's plans may change and, and we may suddenly find something else comes up. So I think with the kind of mindset that both of you have talked about and, and keeping that sense of forgiveness for those who have hurt you and really damaged a lot about your life, helps you be more flexible and you know i'm uh, it brings to mind uh particularly for you in the coast guard heather and me from the days when we had our own sailboat on the chesapeake bay in virginia and i, I will never forget reading one of the most profound <laughs> statements that taking keeping a boat in harbor is not what boats were meant to be and how they were meant to be used. And the other one is, I can't control the wind, but I can trim the sails. 
And I think that's what we're called to do is when the wind blows and the storms come, we have to learn to adapt and trim the sails and keep moving forward. Chad, would you like to close us in a word of prayer for this show? I would love that. Thank you for the opportunity. Heavenly Father, you are amazing and we love you. Lord, I pray that regardless of the situation in which we find ourselves, that we will always remember to bring you glory. Always remember that how hard it gets, how good it gets, how joyous it gets, you will receive the glory because you deserve all of it. So, Lord, as we move through this life, as you continue to move us around as chess pieces on this board, uh, may we be effective servants to you. Uh, good for the good work that you've given to us to share to others, the hope of salvation, the hope of eternal life with you. Thank you so much. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Heather, your closing words. Well, uh, this is for anyone listening that may be uh, trying to decide if they want to go back to service. Now, I don't know the other branches if they're asking, but if they are, Really give it a hard look at what you wanted to accomplish and why you're going to go back. Is it into a job that is supporting of your of your soldiers, your shipmates, your airmen, whatever? Um, just think about that. Think about why you joined in the first place. Don't be bitter. Forgive. Beautifully said, both of you. And just thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your service to America. Thank you for your service to the public through your work on our Military Advisory Council as we share what's going on in the military under the cloak of military secrecy with the public, most of whom care deeply about what happens to our military service members And for all of you listening, please go to truthforhealth.org to our website. We have lots of resources for you. Our new store with the nutraceuticals that are top of the line, top quality, and personally selected by me to help with all the problems we're seeing now, as well as our vaccine injury treatment guide, our COVID treatment guide, and our medical and legal help sheets and fact sheets. We are here to be your voice. Check out the whistleblower reports, sign up for our email alerts, and if you can, donate to support our ongoing work to defend all of our freedoms and continue our legal defense grant program to help people like those two wonderful service members you've just heard. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you all. Speak, stand, and hold your faith against evil. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless, so join us in standing strong. Thank you for being with us today. Check out our whistleblower report again this week. <laughs>